You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to episode 192 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. We're back, guys. We're back. Sorry we missed Christmas. Sorry Christmas was canceled. (laughs) Christmas was canceled in more ways than one. Uh, We apologize for that. Um, Yeah, so I got COVID. In fact, my whole family got uh, my My wife and my child, we all got COVID. And we missed Christmas. And we, I mean, we were alive, so we didn't really miss Christmas. It just, Christmas was not a thing. I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my wife got it from somebody at a work party, because that's a tale as old as time. Um, Song as old as rhyme. And uh, brought it home, gave it to me and the kid. Um, And so before we were sick, you know, in showing symptoms and... And stuff. She found out somebody that she worked with and was at a party with um, tested positive. She found out her boss tested positive, so her and her coworker went and got um, the home tests. Uh, and her coworker tested negative, but she tested. My wife tested positive, so she came home. She immediately went into our bedroom, closed the door, and there she stayed for five full days. <clears throat> So I got to play single dad for a week. That was real fun. On my vacation, too. I had taken a week <laughs> off of work uh, ahead of time. And so I spent my vacation uh, either taking care of a child by myself or being sick. Because it took over a week for me to test positive. I tested myself multiple times, and I kept testing negative. Yeah, I remember you kept texting me and telling <clears> me. <throat> you're like, oh, still negative, but I know it's coming. Yeah. And then it did. Which they say Omicron like takes longer to show up on tests. So yeah, and I've been seeing that like people who are vaccinated, and especially people who were bo- boosted, like like I am boosted, boosted. <laughs> uh, they are taking. The I long- watched that video again, just mostly so I could pull a gif from it, but also <laughs> just because Turbo is fucking funny. <laughs> um, but uh, and then of course I had to watch the club. Of course. It's cloud attacks. Cloud's <laughs> uh, gone airborne. Sorry. No, I um, kept testing negative, and then my symptoms started showing up. And I'm like, and like the, the final test that I took that was negative, I, was, I already had symptoms. Um, but I was, yeah, I was reading that people who are vaccinated and, and especially people who are boosted taking longer to test positive because the vaccine is actually doing its job. It's fighting back the virus, preventing it from replicating it, replicating quickly. So your viral load stays low. (laughs) 
for longer. Load. <laughs> <laughs> Squirt. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so um, th- this is the second time uh, since that all happened that I've left my house. So, no, that's not true. I did go and get coffee one day. Uh, but, yeah. And you, like, you, you had, like, mild symptoms, right? Like, you weren't laid up or anything. Yeah, no, 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 no. I never, I didn't get hit very hard. Um, my symptoms were I had a headache, um, a very, very congested, um, and a cough and kind of a scratchy throat, too. Um, so as far as things go, yeah, my, my symptoms were pretty mild. Same with my wife. And, you know, as, as far as we could tell with our, with our baby, too, um, his symptoms were, were pretty mild. That's good since he's, you know, not vaccinated. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, <clears throat> I'll tell you guys now, uh, the symptoms, they linger, especially things like having a, you know, having a lot of congestion, having, you know, people who get it in their chest. Um, my wife still, her her chest feels, yeah, still feels really um, messed up. And she has asthma too, so that's, that doesn't help. But <clears throat> you'll probably hear as the show goes on that my voice is probably going to start cutting out. So I'm going to do what I can. But by the end of the episode, I might be... You might sound like I did last episode. <laughs> yeah. I, I might just be done. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's why we miss Christmas, guys. Uh, and like I said, my family, we miss Christmas too, uh, which really sucked. We didn't actually... St- so we basically have three Christmases. Christmas Eve, we go over to my wife's parents' house, or, you know, we, we go spend time with her parents, or with her family. Then Christmas morning, we have, like, our Christmas at home. And then once we're done there, we go over to my parents' house, and we have another Christmas. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, even because my wife was in isolation on Christmas Day, we, my wife or my son and I just sat out in the living room by ourselves on Christmas day. It was the saddest fucking thing. Yeah. Um, and we didn't actually do our own Christmas until last Friday. So was it a full week after the fact? Um, and that's only because I, or I tested positive at that point. And so like, all right, well, cause we, we had planned to go do kind of like a makeup Christmas, with both of our families that weekend, but then I tested positive and he tested positive um, and was still in his isolation period. It's like, all right, well, let's just, let's just open our presents because <laughs> the tree is looking really pathetic at this point. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so we missed Christmas here on the show. Um, we, we had, you know, our usual thing set up um, a couple Christmas movies and we, we put it off a couple times. Um, but then I think once I tested positive or just like, you know what, it's just not going to happen this yeah. year, which sucks. Cause that's usually like our kind of send off for the year, but oh, well, but now we're ringing in a new year. Hey, I just heard a sound on here. I did too. Not sure what that means. Oh, wait, you know what? It's probably something from all my other discord servers. Anyway, <clears throat> so anyway, so we're gonna start off the year, hopefully on a fresh note. Yeah. Um, even though I'm still kind of sick. 
<laughs> you know, on that note, I want to I want to rant for a second. Okay. You know, I, I keep seeing all these little memes and shit, and it's like, oh, it's it's 2020 part two, or it's 2020 also, and it's like, oh, 2022 is going to suck so bad just because, you know, it's 2021 is just going to continue on. I'm like, yeah, maybe, but how about we, you know, give ourselves a fighting chance and just stop being negative and, <laughs> and like, let's, let's hope for the best and let's try for the best instead of just sitting on our thumbs and being like, oh, 2022 is going to suck. Yeah, just being miserable assholes. Uh, all the time. Yeah, like let's let's fucking try for once, right? And that's that's uh, I think that's the problem is that there is just no <laughs> fight left in people. <laughs> yeah, actually, I take that back. There's a lot of fight left in some people, um, but those people are on the wrong side. Stupid, <laughs> fighting on the wrong side. Yeah. Uh, but I think yeah, just um, I mean. I don't, the, the, you know, people on the left side of, of things, we're, we're, we're just so tired. <laughs> we're so tired of fighting against stupidity that we just have no more left. I mean, it's it's like that mule from Family Guy who, I, who said that Robert De Niro was in some movie or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember who was arguing with him, and he's like, no, he's not. He's like, yes, it is. And he just starts kicking. He's like, ah, ah. That's what it's like arguing with these people. Yeah. It's like, you can't argue with stupid. Yeah. And, you know, I love, like, the people who are seeing, people who are vaccinated, you know, now getting COVID because of, because Omicron is so invasive. Um, they're just like, oh, well, see, now the, the vaccines didn't even matter. It's like, no, 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 no. The fact that Omicron is not a huge threat and is not killing as many people, that means the vaccine is working. Yeah, the fact that you had mild symptoms. Yeah. And, you know... You know, you stayed out of the hospital. Even, you know, you're, you said your wife has comorbidity. She has asthma. She stayed out of the hospital. Yeah. That's the vaccine working. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, I mean, case in point, like I said, you know, the fact that it took me almost a full week to test positive after being exposed. It's like that goes to show you that the vaccine works. It's doing its job. Yeah. And it's like, and I've seen this reiterated on the news multiple times. It's just like people seem to be misunderstanding what the vaccine does or what a vaccine is. The vaccine does not necessarily prevent you from getting an illness. It makes it so it doesn't kill you. Yeah. It makes it so your body can cope and your natural immunity, or, you know, uh, your uh, immune system can fight it off with the assistance because the vaccine has kept it from being a violent presence in your body. <laughs> yeah. So, but it doesn't matter. It's like they're just so content being stupid and oblivious. <sighs> anyway. <clears throat> But, uh, you know, I maintained this positivity about COVID for so long, and it's just, it's just over these two long years, it's it's waned significantly. Uh, and I'm at the point where it's just like, I think, I mean, <laughs> it's like you sitting here having not gotten it yet. I I hate to break it to you, but you're probably gonna get it. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean. It, it, it's like someone like me who almost never leaves the house. 
can get it. Yeah. The same with my wife. Well, I, so my wife goes to work every day, but she's around the same three people. But it's like, who knows who those people are around? And then, you know, she went to a work party and she was exposed by someone she's not even sure who. It happened that quickly. It's like in the time it took her to eat dinner, that's when she was exposed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, my rant wasn't COVID specific, but just like, let's let's go into the new year with a positive mindset. Let's be nice to each other. Let's be good to each other. Wear your fucking masks. Go get your shot. Let's, uh, let's, let's do 2022 the best we can. Yeah. Let's not let it kick our ass before we even put up a fight. Yeah. There's a, there's a musician named Frank Turner who has a song, he has a whole album. Uh, he has I multiple actually. <laughs> specifically one album uh and the the title track is be more kind yeah yeah it's like uh what's the line um in a world that's decided that's going to lose its mind be more kind my friends be more kind it's like it's just it's not difficult yeah it's really not and i mean sometimes some people make it difficult but you know well, what so many people have just this bloodlust for vengeance that if, if they feel slighted, like they feel like they, they can't have let somebody have an upper hand on them. And so, especially in times like these, like people are so on edge and everything that sounds like a slight is, and they have to lash out against it. Yeah. And that's really just what we've, devolved into as, as as a society which is really sad but let's let's try to be better people yeah anyway um that's enough heavy shit yeah anyway but yeah like we did miss christmas i i, I brought you your your gift if you want to open it yeah are we doing that now if you want to i'll, I'll go ahead and get this out of the way um yours is not here i it did never not, showed up i didn't realize when i ordered that i was pre-ordering Ah. So it, it said it would ship in January to February. Neat. Which is vague. But this is what it is. Oh, nice. <laughs> it is a Joe Bob and Darcy action figure set. Nice. I, I would post this in the Discord, but nobody's watching, so fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> That'll make a nice addition to my little... Uh... Nativity scene? Yes. <laughs> are, wait, are they, are they Christmas or... No. No, okay. Well... I guess they are. I mean, Darcy's got a Santa hat on, so. Does she? Okay. Yeah. Take a look. Oh, yeah. He's wearing his little. Um, looks like he's wearing a poncho or something. <laughs> something. But it does look. Yeah, I mean, it's, it looks like he's wearing a drug rug. Is what it really looks like. But, but yeah, he's got a uh, red, green, and white striped jacket on. So. Cool. Yeah, that'll make a nice addition to uh, the decor. Hello, pup. Well, thank you. Here comes my dog. In advance. Yeah. I'll, I'll pre-order a, a, a thank you. <laughs> just schedule a thank you email for. This is not a, a loot crate. This is just uh, a, a repurposed box. Oh, I got started to get excited. Not buying a new subscription. You know your fucking head. What are you out of your fucking mind? Sure. It's a bobblehead of Kevin Calabro. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, you have got to love, baby. I found that in an antique shop, and I'm like, 
Fuck yes. Really? I think those are rare. I've, I I thought they probably were. And it was like, I mean, I won't tell you how much it was, but <laughs> that, that's just rude and awkward. But um, yeah, I was, I'm like, this is perfect. Yeah. I mean, and, for, and, it, and it worked. I'm like, yes. Yeah. That's, I was nervous about it working when I saw the button. Um, for people who don't know, Kevin Claver was the voice of the Seattle Supersonics in the 90s and 2000s. Now he's actually the voice of the Portland Trailblazers. But is he really? Yeah. Oh. He's one of the greatest. Yeah, the only thing that bummed me out was that it's like the new Sonics logo that you didn't really like. I like that logo. It's just, it's, you know, associated with uh, Dingleberry, Fair fucking enough. coffee boy. <laughs> I can't remember his fucking name right now. Howard Schultz. Howard, Howard Hughes. So, Box one created by Neil Patrick Harris. It's, it's a series of games and puzzles designed to be played by a single person. Really? Yeah. And it's all developed by Neil Patrick Harris, so it's got like a lot of puzzles and I think you know, so like magic type stuff in it. Well, that's cool. Yeah, a game for one created by one. Huh? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> this guy I follow on YouTube, he's he's a magician. Um, you know, a lot of card tricks and you know, just kind of close up magic type stuff. Um, but he also, he's, he's kind of made a name for himself on YouTube as being like a puzzle solver, like, you know, high level, difficult to solve puzzles. And so one, one of his videos, he had Neil Patrick Harris on to talk about that. And they kind of went over some elements of it without, you know, giving a lot of it away. It looked pretty cool. And first. Huh. I know you're always having trouble finding people to play a board game with. You. I know, <laughs> so I thought that would be that would work. Yeah, that's cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I got uh, I got this shining board game from my mom, and it's three to six players. Like See. most most of our board games, you know, me and my girlfriend can just play it. Yeah, but three to six, like, <laughs> just go meet your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Merry Christmas. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I bought that game in July, and then I got that. Oh, that's the one that was going to be my birthday present. Yeah, I can't actually remember what I got you for your birthday, but I, I had already gotten that. Like, do I add this on top of it? No, let's just save it for Christmas. Um, but then the Kevin Calabro, I got that at an antique store in St. Helens. Oh, really? Yeah, when we went down there for Halloween Town. Mm, right. And it was like. This antique store was like impossibly big. Like it's it's in this old storefront, so you walk in, it's very unassuming, and you can see that it goes pretty far back. I'm like, okay, decent size, and then you walk in and you see there's a staircase. Oh, oh, jeez. Okay, go up, look around, and it's I mean it's a it's a floor as big as the one downstairs. And we're like, damn. And it's one of those antique shops that has like different uh, sections for different sellers. Mm. It's like, I think it's like consignment. Yeah. Um, so we walk around there, and uh, that's actually the second floor is where I actually found that just tucked away in a corner. Um, but then we're walking around, and like, I see another staircase. <laughs> oh my God. Like, fucking Christ. And we go up, and like, the third floor was less full, but just as big. God damn, this is the biggest antique store I've ever seen. <laughs> anyway, so. It was like one of those magic antique stores from a Netflix Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> just I, keeps going and going. I walk in there and I'm like, 
<laughs> like, oh, this place got a big old ass on it, isn't it? <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, so before we go any further into the show, we do want to thank uh, some special people, our grave diggers over on Patreon. Uh, these lovely folks help finance our little dog and pony show here. Um, we don't have an expensive show, but it does cost money. And we don't have ponies. We don't. We have dogs. We have no ponies. We don't have ponies, and that's the problem. That's why we need the grave diggers to give us money, <laughs> uh, so we can buy ponies. Um, but no, we you know we have website hosting costs, MP3 hosting costs, lots of hosting costs. Most yeah, mostly hosting costs. Yeah, and we just mostly hostly. Yeah, it's 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 like it's not. It's just it's it's a burden for us to take on alone. So we're very thankful that these folks help, uh, you know, shoulder some of the burden. Yeah, um, sustain us. Yeah, uh, these people I'm speaking so fondly of are Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Rodella, Gory B Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, guys, from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, you mean the world to us. Taylor, if anybody else wants to join the party, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. For as little as $1, you can join the party, including joining us live for Horror Business every single episode. Or for $5, Tony will say your name on the episode. I'll say it's sexy, too. You can also get discounts on Grave Plot Podcast merchandise and other perks. I'll say it with my sexy COVID voice. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Mm, <laughs> bang. Oh, yeah, baby. That's bang, hot. bang. Bangity bang. <laughs> hey, did you guys get our Christmas card? Yes, we did. Okay. Did you get ours? Yeah. Sure did. Nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. nice. It's like, I think we've only... No, we we have never sent out a Christmas card before. Just like... We have. <laughs> we have. <laughs> but my wife and I, we never Another have. Patreon perk. Sometimes you get Christmas cards. Yeah, sometimes. Not this, not this year. <laughs> when we think of something creative to put on one. Um, yeah, we never sent out Christmas cards before because it's just, you know, whatever. Who wants to just, who wants to see your face? A picture, yeah, receive a picture of me and my, my wife just sitting there like, Christmas! <laughs> but now we have an adorable child to add to the mix. That's why ours is just the dog. <laughs> we didn't even put ourselves on it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like nobody has said anything about getting one so it's just like did did they get them <laughs> some mailman's just got a stack of photos of you <laughs> some mailman is grooving to all our love letters you don't know this one no it's the president's oh maybe i don't know it's called like some postman or something like that it's apt it's an yeah. apt <laughs> Uh, okay, so moving on, uh, before we get into horror business, let's talk about the Grave Plot Film Fest. Yeah, Grave Plot Film Fest 2022, February 5th. Uh, all right, we got to say it, tentatively scheduled for the Arc Lodge Cinemas. Um, you know, obviously we, we already talked about how Omicron's driving through the country and, uh, things are starting to shut down again. So it's, not... it's very possible, very, very possible that it's going to be virtual again this year. Uh, if it does go that way, your tickets will be honored uh, for the event. If we decide to sell tickets for cheaper, you'll obviously be refunded. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, more news on that if if it comes to that. But it's probably going to come to that. It's not looking good, guys. And it's it's not so much that we don't want to. No, we absolutely want to. Like all our marketing is is built around us returning to the theater. Yeah, it's just a matter of. I mean, it really comes down to dollars and cents. You know, for us to keep doing this every year, we really have to make our nut the previous year. And you know, if we're not selling tickets to the theater, then we're not making our money back. Um, and on top of that, it's just like it's it's getting to a point where it would just be irresponsible for yeah. us to have a room full of people when we could not necessarily just as easily, but easily do it online. Um, and and you'll be safe like we did last year. So, yeah. But keep an eye on greatplotfilmfest.com uh, or follow us on you know, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, there, there is a Facebook event for it where we'll post all the news and stuff. Uh, you can also use hashtag GPFF 2022 to follow all the information. We have picked out all the films. Uh, they're currently on greatplotfilmfest.com. We've got, uh, you know, local ones. Uh, I think there's, there's at least one from the Northwest. We've got a couple from, you know, around the United States, a couple from Spain, a couple from Mexico. España. Es- no, España. <sighs> Got one from France. France. Yep. For French fries. You mean freedom fries? Uh, but yeah, go to greatplotfilmfest.com and uh, check them out. You can't watch them, but I mean, you can see what they French are. French toast. <laughs> French toast. <laughs> oh, neat. All right. Well... Let's do some more business. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> that was a good one. I was worried it was going to be like. And Peyton for three. Like, that doesn't make sense. But that was a good lead-in, Kevin. Thank you. All right. Starting out some real-world horror. Uh, we're going to we'll go down to deep in the heart of Texas. We did that the wrong place, but deep in the heart of Texas. The clap comes first. Yeah, but I didn't know where you were going with it. I didn't so know either. You, you didn't set it up properly. <laughs> that's my uh, that's my M.O. Um so, yeah, in the city of Texarkana, which is what right on the border of Texas and Arkansas. Arkansas? I mean, that would make sense, right? Texarkana? The, the, the name would work, <laughs> yeah. Um, Texarkana. Yeah. It's right near Nash. No. <laughs> you've, heard, you've heard of Nash. Nash Bridges, Texas. That's that's where they got the name. <laughs> um, yeah, Arkansas. Yeah. So Texarkana, right on the border of Texas and uh, Arkansas. Uh, according to a local media report, uh, some weird weather unfolded on Wednesday afternoon. So you may not remember because it was a month ago now. The last episode we talked about birds just randomly falling from the sky. Oh, uh, that's what it made a lot more, a lot more sense. <laughs> But so this this episode, it's something else falling out of the sky. Something you don't expect to even be in the sky to begin with. No. Uh, but 
people of Texarkana came out uh, to find uh, that it seemed to be it seemed to have rained fish. Uh, and you know how they knew is because there was just fish all over the place. And I'm pretty sure Texarkana is landlocked. So yes, it's very much landlocked. So fish came from quite a ways away. Unless it was like a lake or something. Yeah, it could have been lake fish. Lake fish. <laughs> what? That's a thing. <laughs> lake fish. Yes. Why are you acting like that's such a weird thing to say? <laughs> no, a lake named Lake Fish. Oh no, that's not what I was saying. <laughs> Wait, are they so? Does Texarkana straddle the straight state line, or are there two cities named Texarkana, like like Kansas City? Oh, I have no idea. Why is there a Texarkana, Arkansas? Oh, okay. There is a Texarkana, Tex- Arkansas? Yeah, Texarkana is a city in the U.S. state of Arkansas. Oh yeah, it straddles it. No, no, no. So Texarkana is a city in the U.S. state U.S. state of Arkansas, uh, on the southwest border of the state. The city is located across the state line from its twin city of Texarkana, Ar- no, Texas. That's not how twin cities work. <laughs> I mean, how does twin, how do twin cities work? It's two different cities with different names. But what makes them twin? These cities? are identical twin cities. What makes them twin cities? The just because they call them that. Them that. <laughs> it's like Minneapolis, St. Cloud. I don't know why those are called twin cities. I don't know why do we have tri cities. I don't know. I don't even. Oh, know. you guys got Twin Cities? That's cute. We got three. You know, no big deal. But Tri Cities is Tri Cities. Trace Ciudades. <laughs> Ciudades. Ciudades. Got to conjugate. Yes. No, that's not conjugate. It's <laughs> uh, plur- pluralized. Right. That's that's the word. Um. Anyway, fish. Um. I wish. I wish it hadn't been raining fish. <laughs> Uh, it was hailing and looking like there was about to be a tornado. Uh, yeah, tarnations. <laughs> uh, there were fish falling, marveled witness Tim Brigham, who spotted around 30 of the small silvery creatures scattered acro- around the ground outside of his tire store. It's a rain and fish. It's Hallelujah, like a, it's a rain and fish. It's like the song. <laughs> yep. Before it was repurposed to rating men. Right. You know, like in Love Actually, when they repurposed to it, uh, it's just Christmas all around you. <laughs> it's like that. It was originally it's raining fish. And they were like, I think it would be more relatable if you said it's raining men and just made it about sex. Right. <laughs> and then we can make it a gay anthem. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's see. The scene at the shop was the same throughout the community as the veritable fish storm blanketed parts of Texarkana. Fish storm, of course, the prequel to Sharknado. Uh, (laughs) I wonder where that fish has gone. Uh, The city went so far as to alert residents to the peculiar turn of events, posting to Facebook that 2021 is pulling out all the tricks, including raining fish in Texarkana today, and no, this isn't a joke. I mean, I think if I watched the news, I probably wouldn't just assume that was a joke. I'd be like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> um, echoing the mood of many of the year, or sorry, echoing the mood of many as the year draws to a close, the city mused 
that for the sake of everyone, let's tiptoe into 2022 as quietly as possible. Yeah, fucking right. That's kind of what we were saying earlier. Fucking Texas doesn't do anything quietly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, they're going to kick down the door in their cowboy boots. (laughs) It'll be like the guy from The Simpsons. Spit on the ground. The guy that the guy that owns the uh, the was it the baseball team, the oil guy. Oh yeah, and he's always shooting in the air. Yeah, <laughs> basically like Yosemite Sam, the guy that Mister Burns won the Austin Celtics off of in a poker game. Right, <laughs> the Austin Celtics. <laughs> like there's Irish in Texas. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, fucking fish guys. I mean, it had to have been, I mean, the guy said it looked like it was going to tornado. That had to have been what it was, right? Like winds pick up fish out of the lake, out of lake fish. And- <laughs> <laughs> they pick up lake fish out of lake fish. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, it must they just been. dump them in front of this guy's tire shop. Yeah, there, I don't think there's another weather anomaly, anomaly that would have done something like that other than a tornado bears <laughs> fucking bears <laughs> rhino barricade <laughs> big ol uh, that's a throwback yeah it is that's a, that's old an old one it's like over 5 years old <laughs> oldie but a goodie and we've been doing this show at least that long <clears throat> anyway so um Look out for fish. And fresh fish, as long as it wasn't too long. You Grill that up with some lemon and thyme. Get some sushis and sashimi. I got so much time for sushis. <laughs> <laughs> Pike and white fish are not fit <laughs> for sushis. <laughs> and They're not Sashimi great. <laughs> uh, all right. Moving right along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking VHS and chill. VHS and chill. VHS and chill. VHS and chill. All right, let's start in the world of video games. Yeah! Uh, there's a new asymmetrical multiplayer survival horror game coming out, which if you're wondering what all those words mean, uh, <laughs> think of Friday the 13th, the game, or Dead by Daylight. It's basically... The game. The game, not the film. <laughs> uh, it's basically, you know, a group of survivors versus one killer. Right. Hence, asymmetrical. Right, because it's not... Symmetrical, it right? That's that's what the A means. A, a means not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you say you have also a, Evil Dead, the game is another example of this. So when you say you have you have an a, a apple, or you have no apples, you have no apples, <laughs> or you have that doesn't seem right. <laughs> yeah, mostly because you'd say an apple. You'd say an a apple. <laughs> that's if you have no apples. <laughs> uh, but this new game is it's coming to us from Hellbent Games, which is a studio I know I recognize, but I'm not sure what else they've made. The name is really familiar, but yeah, I, I can't think of anything. 
Uh, the new one is called VHS. And before you ask, no, it is not associated with the bloody disgusting films. Oh, thank Christ. Uh, it's currently in closed beta. So if, if you want to check it out, you can go to their website and apply, but you got to get approved for it. Probably have to have like a fucking beastie game computer and pay for a stream account. Yeah, probably. Steam. That's what I meant. Uh, VHS is heavily inspired by the bygone era of the 80s to 90s movies, as the title would suggest. Uh, this is a four versus one game with four teenagers uh, called a Breakfast Club-esque archetypes. Uh, there's Jess, the goth, and Brett, the jock, etc. Looks like Hellbent Games have has done a lot of Lego games. Really? Really. Not the name of a studio I would expect to make Lego games. <laughs> I would expect a lot more horror games. They have these games called Wick that look like they're horror. But I've never heard of them. Hmm. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, let's see. There's a synthy New Wave inspired soundtrack, again, as you would expect. Uh, there's inclusion of dance moves from Michael Jackson's Thriller as an emote. Uh, VHS effectively rides the recent and ongoing wave of 80s nostalgia. Now, unlike other uh, asymmetrical multiplayer survival horror games, uh, the primary objective is for both teams to eliminate each other rather than one killer hunting down four survivors while they try to escape. So mm. while, the, while the killer uses their special abilities to pick off each teenager one by one, the teen's objective is to craft special weapons throughout the map used to hunt down the killer. Hang on. That's contrary to what they just said. Yeah. And I remember oh, when I was reading this, I was trying so, to figure it out. Okay, you got it? Both teams, meaning the players and the killer. Oh. So killer's that, not that, really a team though, when it's one person. No. It's a team. It's it's an it's, it's, it's an asymmetric. It's, it's, it's an A team. <laughs> <laughs> meaning there's no team. <laughs> uh let's see, where was I? Uh, each team has a bar with health uh, that's worn down before they're killed, whereas the killer has four weaknesses known as stigmas. Burn, shock, curse, and purify. By crafting weapons like flamethrowers, ray guns, crucifixes, and swords, the teens can work together to strike down each stigma to win the match. If you're playing as a teen, it's a third-person perspective, whereas the killer is first-person. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, I don't know. Uh, some of the killers include the werewolf and the doll. I also saw there's some kind of like lizard creature thing. All right. All right. That sounds like, um, uh, hell. It sounds like hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, God damn it. There's this one game and I actually backed it on Kickstarter a long time ago. Last year. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yep, I'm pretty sure that's the one. No, whatever happened with that? Um, so there was a bunch of issues with it, and I think they um, they took a long time to actually release the game. And like, <sighs> fuck, it's been so long ago now. Yeah, I don't know. This, yeah, is why, it, this is why I only back board games. Yeah. 
Well, it's like it started out and like I was backing it, and then I think the guy that was creating the game, he'd put together this like small team of developers. And then I think they changed the title. So I can't even remember what the original title was. And they expanded the team. And I think they like maybe got like a game develop like a more established game developer on board to like co-op it basically. Um, and I know I got like a like a beta to play. But again, like at the time, you had to have like a really like like a high powered game system, like a, a gaming computer to to even play it. I just had a fucking laptop. Oh like yeah, bottom rung laptop, and so I never actually got to play it because my computer couldn't handle it, handle the uh, the beta. And then I think when it finally released, it was like oh no, it was on Windows, so I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever it was, I never played it. So. All right. Well, you going to try this uh, this VHS? Yeah, man. It looks like it is already up on Steam. Obviously, you can't play it unless you're in the beta. But uh, if you want to join the beta, go to VHSgame.com and sign up. Like I said, it's a closed beta, so don't just think that you can sign up and immediately be playing the game. You got to earn that shit. You're going to be like, Nah, dude, you don't make the cut. Yeah, no, you stink. You're too ugly. <laughs> Are you ugly? A werewolf is a interesting choice. You know, when games like this, especially like last year, they've got like basically different styles of slasher. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like something supernatural about a handful of them, but mostly there's kind of like slasher archetypes. This, you know, it's like I said, it's got like monsters, like werewolves and lizard creatures and shit like that. I mean, Dead by Daylight's got a lot of different. Yeah, De- Dead by Daylight's in a different realm. Yeah. I think this looks very in line. Like looking at the stills and stuff, it looks very in line from what I saw from last year. Hmm. Like I mean that that looks. I would have guessed that was out of last year. If it weren't for the werewolf. Anyway. Looks cool. Looks cool. Could be cool. Alright, so... Have we talked about this before? Yes, it was a uh, real-world horror story. I don't think we've mentioned that it was becoming a movie, but we talked about the original story. Oh, wait, you know what? Yeah, we did. Did we? Yeah, but it was, I think it was a long time ago. Yeah, I think you're... Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure we did talk about them... Or at least that it had been optioned. Not necessarily that he was actively making the movie. But anyway, uh, in 2017, there was... I know we talked about it as a real-world horror story when it first was going on on Twitter. Yes, I I do remember that. Um, Several years ago, there was this viral thing going on on Twitter um, by uh, 
a, a former BuzzFeed employee named Adam Ellis. Uh, he was he said this this Twitter feed basically um, describing a story about a dead boy who was haunting him, uh, and this this went on for for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was constantly adding to the story, and it like it, it seemed like anything you might find on like a you know a, a, a creepy pasta or, or something to yeah. that effect, like a Reddit thread or something. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it went on for so the course of se- yeah several months. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the story, like I said, was about a dead boy who was haunting him and following him around. Um, this got Ellis over 1 million Twitter followers. Um, but yeah, so we talked about this a long time ago. Um, and I, like I said, I can't remember if we actually talked about it being made into a film. Um, but we did talk about the story itself. Um, it is being made into a film. Um, and, uh, the, the news is that the film is, has added Justin Long, Presumably as, as the as the star. Nope. No. Nope. Oh, what? Uh, oh, he'll be being. Okay, Augustus Prue, who, who I'm not familiar with. I know Augustus Gloop. Different person. <laughs> uh, Augustus Prue will be playing the lead role of Ellis, uh, while Justin Long will be playing the head of BuzzFeed. Uh, John McPhail from Anna and the Apocalypse is directing. From a screenplay by Mike Van Ways. Any any familiarity? Familiarity? What was it Mike Van Ways? Yeah, W A E S. Uh, he's an author. No, oh, okay. Well then, um, he wrote Peeves. 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 Yeah, that's a book. Yeah. Well. Never heard of it. Uh, let's see. The thriller uh, was formerly set up at New Line with Dan Lin producing. Now, Richard Allen Reed, the head of global content and the head of BuzzFeed Studios, is producing along Jason Mooring for Lionsgate. Which, it seems like Lionsgate tends to give people a little more freedom to just kind of make the movie they want to make. Yeah. Um. Whereas New Line does not do that. Right. <clears throat> New Line just makes bad sequels. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's it. That's the story. It's supposed um, to be out sometime this year, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I didn't follow the story all that closely myself. Um, but from what I read about it when it was going on, it sounded weird. Like, not enough for me to, like, be like, oh, man, what what's going on here? It just, to me, it just sounded like a guy taking people for a ride. Which is possible. Yeah. Um but yeah, people really leaned into this. Yeah. It's like, man, what's going on? 
Is he really being haunted? Tell me more. So, I mean... (sighs) Did did you look up Augustus Prue? Oh, yeah, there was about a boy. uh, A boy? A young boy. A young boy. Uh... That was really the only thing I recognized. The Secret of Moonacre, Into the Dark, Klondike, Charlie St. Cloud, The Kid, Prison Break, Kick-Ass 2. Yeah, I don't know. NCIS. No, no. Doesn't ring any bells. Yeah. Anyway, apparently he's in the upcoming Lord of the Rings TV series. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I mean, if you recall that story, I mean, you can look it up. Just look up Dear David. Um, Google Dear David, and I'm sure you'll find the the whole the whole story. Um, if that's any interest to you, then you can keep an eye out for this. And that's all I got. So, I think we talked about this at one point. Uh, Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio bought the film rights to a book called uh, Devil in the White City, based on serial killer H.H. Holmes. That sounds familiar. Looks like he's finally going to move forward with that. Uh, He bought it back in 2010. But uh, they're moving forward with Keanu Reeves set to star. This is a big budget take on Eric Larson's 2003 novel. Uh, it's unclear if Reeves, Reeves will be starring as H.H. Holmes or as the architect between... Be, between. <laughs> it's like betwixt. <laughs> be, half between, half behind. I like Twix. Mm. I like. I miss the peanut butter ones. Those were the best. They don't make those anymore? I don't know. I can't find them anywhere. I'll be damned. Uh, the architect betwined Holmes' nightmarish murder castle. <laughs> uh, man, I hope he plays Holmes. Because it'd be like such a bad casting. Yeah, like he looks nothing like AJ <laughs> Holmes. You know who looks like AJ Holmes? Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, <laughs> I could buy that. Did uh, you watch that? Uh, Don't look up. No, man, it seems too depressing right now. It's it's a lot <laughs> to take in. Uh, the Devil in the White City is being produced for Hulu as a series. Hulu. Hulu. <laughs> It tells the story of two men, an architect and a serial killer, whose fates were forever linked by the Chicago World's Fair of 1893. But then a baby's left on their doorstep. Da 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 da. We're legal custodians. <laughs> Get it? Yep. Um. It follows Daniel H. Burnham, a brilliant and fastidious architect racing to make his mark on the world, and Henry H. Holmes, a handsome and cunning doctor who fashioned his own pharmaceutical murder murder castle on fairgrounds, a place built to seduce, torture, and mutilate young women. The story takes the viewer on a tour of murder, romance, and mystery in the Gilded Age. Murder, murder, murder. Gilded Age. I don't feel like 
Chicago in the the late eighteen hundreds was a gilded city. I feel like Chicago's just kind of always been dirty. So dirty. You're a dirty little Chicago, aren't you? <laughs> dirty little city. <laughs> mm, you need to be clean. <laughs> you need to be clean. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that took a turn. Uh, Todd Field is set to direct the first two episodes. Oh, it's a series. I just said that for Hulu. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you know I only half listen to you. Uh, it's also being executive produced by Martin Scorsese. Really? Or Marty, as he likes to be called. Oh, well, DiCaprio, that makes sense. They're buddies. Um, Who's Todd Field? Name is really familiar. If you say he's a director, I swear to God. <laughs> oh, he directed Twister. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you know what he should direct? Fish Storm. <laughs> Barricade. <laughs> but only if Oliver Platt's on board. Well, obviously, you can't make it without Oliver Platt. You can't have Bear. Barricade. <laughs> you can't have Barricade without God. Well, yeah, who's who's gonna end the barricade then? <laughs> oh, sorry, he was in Twister. Oh, as Tim Belzer Lewis. I don't know that bitch. I don't, that. I don't remember that at all. He's he's an Aqua Teen Hunger Force. As who? Old Drippy. Old Drippy. <laughs> that sounds like an Aqua Teen name <laughs> from 2002. I should definitely remember this. Who the hell is Old Drippy? The enormous, horrible mess that Master Chef... Oh, had. that guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't remember what he sounds like, but... I don't either. But I recognize him now. I mean, the single best Aqua Teen Hunger Forest side character ever is, of course, Travis of the Cosmos. <laughs> You're my bitch. People like me because I forced them to with violence. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, I mean And then there's MCP pants. <laughs> you know, H. H. Holmes is such a um untapped um resource for, for, for films. There's been an endless amount of documentaries yeah. like regurgitating the same fucking information. Over and over, but I don't. At least I can't think of any films have that have you been tried made. to watch the one that's on Hulu right now. Mm, uh, no, it's bad. Really, it's really bad. Like it looks like a fake documentary from a sitcom. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, oh fuck, um, like Tales of the Enigma from How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, um, ah, the one from Arrested Development. Fuck, maybe an attic shall I seek. Um. Oh my god! And I just fucking watched it too. <laughs> Scandal makers. Scandal. That's what it was. I knew it was something makers, but I couldn't put the name to it. <laughs> Perhaps an addict shall I seek? <laughs> uh. So like that. But like with like the like flame side wipes and stuff to oh go god. to the next scene. Like yeah, it. 
it looks like it was made on a budget of like $27 or something. <laughs> like it's really bad. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we, we like, we started it and we were just like, turn this off, turn this off. <laughs> it's, it's rare. And I mean, really rare. Would I give any shits about a documentary about like anything? <laughs> I'm just not a documentary guy. Yeah. Um, and but have you watched tickled? Tickled? Dude, you gotta watch Tickled. <laughs> what is it? Uh, do you know who David Ferrier is? The name's familiar. Basically, he found out this there's that there's a competitive tickling competition. Oh, no. And so he looked into it, and they were just like, no, you're gay. Stay away from us. What? And so he was like, well, now I gotta look into this. And it gets fucking dark. <laughs> well... Oh, it's the he's the um, dark tourism guy. I was gonna say, okay, looking at a picture of him, he looks familiar. Um, yeah, like the whole thing starts with competitive tickling, and then it like gets into like mafia stuff. What? Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it sounds like a fucking shit show. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so I just like I most most of mostly cannot sit through a documentary because I'm just bored to tears. Um, but Kristen watches them to no end. The true crime ones. The true crime ones. Watches them about <laughs> fucking Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, you know, um, Son of Sam, you know, all of these fucking serial killers. Like, just the same stuff over and over and over. <laughs> the same experts saying the same thing that the previous experts said over and over and over. It's like, how can you do this? It's like, you know, I'll watch a TV show over, you know, m- you know, multiple times over, but that's just for like entertainment value. Yeah. These people are saying it's like, it's like this revelation, know, revelation or um, revelation. Yeah. Uh, uh, just these, this new information that, that nobody's ever heard before. It's like you guys are producing the same shit. <laughs> And you're, I think you're, 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 you're preying on basic white girls is what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing what any studio does and they're going to what's hot. Yeah. <clears throat> but no H.H. H. Holmes, I think was your point, right? Yes. No. So my point, there, there've been plenty of H.H. H. Holmes documentaries, uh, especially at this point, because he's, he's, he's been so hot lately. Um, <laughs> Has he? <laughs> he's got his own escape room. Seems like in the last remember New Escape Room? Yes. Um, but no, it seems like in like the last ten years or so, H. H. Holmes has been getting more and more popular, I think. Um womp. but my point was that while there have been numerous films made about other serial killers. I can't even think of one that's been made about H.H. H. H. Holmes. Or, you know, a, dra- a dramatized one. Yeah. I don't know. Why is there a picture of him next to Meghan Markle? H.H. H. Holmes? <laughs> Are they comparing her to him or something? Is Meghan Markle a descendant of Jack the Ripper suspect H.H. H. Holmes? <laughs> oh, that's right. They're starting to tie him to Jack the Ripper. Yeah. I forgot about that. That, that probably adds to his... His popularity as of late. Apparently, she's 
allegedly a descendant of his. <laughs> okay. So she is, well, no. So she is British, but... Chicago's not Britain. Say Jack the Ripper was British, but now they're saying that he... Especially now that they are saying that he may have been H.H. H. Holmes, there's this, been this long, somewhat long belief that it's possible that um, Jack the Ripper was American. Mm. He, was, he was never a Brit. <clears throat> I remember in uh, the Assassin's Creed game, the one that took place during the Industrial Revolution in, in London. Um, in London in town. In London town. <laughs> There was this uh, add-on that it was like a an extra chapter. It was a um, Jack the Ripper story. Mm. It's pretty cool. Turned out that Jack the Ripper was a former assassin, um, and he just went crazy and started killing whores. Whores, <laughs> whores. Okay, Keanu. <laughs> but I mean. I think if we needed to, you know, look at H.H. Holmes as like this Ted Bundy esque type guy, you know, really suave, but also very evil and sinister, Mm -hmm. Keanu Reeves would be like the worst person you could cast. I think if someone was like, hey, Keanu's going to be in this new period piece, I'm like, is the period the 80s? Because otherwise, that's a terrible casting. (laughs) I mean, we all I've saw Dracula. S- I was going to say, I've seen Bram Stoker's <laughs> Dracula. <laughs> Which only took place about 30, 40 years earlier. <laughs> um, Whoa. Did you watch the new Matrix? No. It's not great. I really have no interest in it. I don't think I ever saw three. Oh really? I don't think so. I might. I'm, maybe I did. I don't remember. It's like you sure know, they didn't care. So. When it came out, it's like man, this is bad. Three or four? Three. Oh. And then I watched this new one, and I'm like, man, three wasn't all that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's just I don't know. Like I will not be browbeaten into thinking that I'm stupid because I thought the movie didn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> I think the movie just didn't make any sense, and people are making shit up in their heads to make it seem like it did. Anyway. Anyway. Moving on. The crowd is going nuts here at Kia Arena. There it is. Oh, flying chickens in a barnyard. One of my favorites. <laughs> Good old Kia Arena. Okay, so Netflix is uh, working with Kristen Bell in a new series. Of Frozen fame. Right? <laughs> Were they the ones that... that uh, no, re- that was Disney. No. <laughs> Were they the ones that rebooted Veronica Mars, or was that Hulu? I think that was Hulu. Uh, Hulu. <clears throat> I love Kristen Bell. She's so fucking funny. Yeah. Which makes her in a drama. Yeah, it was Hulu. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know about her in a drama. I don't know that this is a drama. <laughs> okay, but it's got a it's got a comically long title. Um, 
Kristen Bell witnesses a murder in the Netflix series The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, looking like a straight faced spoop of a lifetime of lifetime movies and films, including Netflix's own The Woman in the Window. Yeah, like I, I watched the trailer and it's I mean, it's definitely a spoof. But like it says, it, they play it completely straight. It's not like the super over the top, like, you know, a scary movie kind of spoof. Sure. Yeah. But it, it's definitely a spoof, right? Like that's, when I'm watching it, I was just like, this is definitely parody, right? Yeah. Like, is it? Like, um, oh shit. What was that one where they, it was like a documentary about some guy that did like, like, oh, was it, it's like he spray painted at his high school or something like that. Oh, American Vandal? Yeah. I mean, that's a documentary, obviously. But yeah. Again, that is like a, is a spoof, a parody of, of things like of true that, crime. Except it was yeah. played totally straight. Until closer to the end. Sure. And then the second one was just clearly a spoof. I didn't watch it. It was all about poop. <laughs> <laughs> poop is funny. Um, <clears throat> for Heartbroken Anna, played by Kristen Bell, uh, every day is the same. She sits with her wine, staring out the window, watching life go by without her. But when a handsome neighbor, played by Tom Riley, and his adorable daughter move in across the street, Anna starts to see a light at the end of the tunnel. That is, until she witnesses a gruesome murder. Murder. Or, <laughs> murder most foul. Or did she? Mm. So it was like a... Like a Twist. Like a rear window type thing? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Um. <clears throat> yeah, I'm trying to think of more examples that, that are like that, where it's, it's clearly a parody, a, a spoof, but it's played, played for, for it's played straight. It's not like over the top. Yeah, laughs. I mean, like Naked Guns, kind of like that. Naked Guns definitely over the top, right? Well, sure. I mean, it's a Zucker movie, so it's yeah. you know it's got that goofy shit in it. But like the characters themselves aren't played. They're not. Um, Goofballs, you know, they're they're they play it straight, right? <clears throat> but I, I can't think of one that's not slapsticky or has a bunch of weird shit going on in the background, right? They came together, kind of like that. They came together. The David Wayne movie. Oh, I never saw it. Oh, well, even Wet Hot American Summer to a degree. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's got goofy shit going on in the background, but it's still it it uh, plays like a like a normal summer camp movie. Anyway, <clears throat> okay, well, yeah. Now that I know this isn't a drama, then I'm I'm much more uh, interested because Kristen Bell, she's like if you guys have not watched The Good Place, you are fucking missing out. So the guy that plays Sean is also in this. Okay. Um, what is it? That's the other thing is like the, the cast I'm looking at. I'm like, these are all comedy actors mm. like Kristen Bell and that guy, the guy that played Gilligan on Arrested Development. <laughs> Gilligan. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like Gilligan. Um, oh, could be cool. And, uh, Mar so Mary Holland, who I know I recognize from various comedy stuff, but, um, you said uh, there's a trailer for this? Yes, there is. 
Is it on Netflix or do you have to like? It's on YouTube. YouTube. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's it. I mean, did you you read the? Did you read the whole plot? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. It kind of glosses her. It says she sits with her wine, but in the trailer, it's clear that she is a raging alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like in the trailer, it's like completely played straight. But at the same time, it's like they're clearly taking off of these, you know, lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at the cast and like you said, yeah, there's a lot of uh, comedic actors, but there's also, you know, ones that I, that I recognize more as, as dramatic actors. So it's got definitely got that balance. Um, And, you know, like a lot of like pretty middle-aged women that would play really well in a Lifetime movie. Yeah. And probably have been in Lifetime movies. So I can definitely see it reading very well. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm definitely curious about it. When can I watch it, Tony? Um, uh, January 28th on Netflix. Cool, oh, thanks. Oh, only on Netflix. Dun, dun. That was more. I think you went more uh, more CSI there or Law and Order. Yeah, it's all the same. <laughs> same guy. Same guy. He's just making his living <laughs> off blah, blah, of banging on keyboards like a four month old. <laughs> oh, you want dark and ominous? <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe like getting your penis cut off is a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking Billy Coleman, aren't you? <laughs> Again, Kristen Bell. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, and, that, and the guy was Blaze. What? The guy was Blaze from Community. The sound engineer. Oh, okay. Won't change the way mustard tastes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, next story. You know, possibly the funniest moment in the history of Community is in that episode. When uh, Annie steals Britta's phone so she won't call Blaze, and she calls it, and Annie answers and goes, (laughs) 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 It might be my favorite moment in all of Community. (laughs) All six seasons in a movie. <laughs> Did they, wait, they didn't get they, didn't get they never six made a movie. They, they had six seasons. They never made a movie. That's right. The Yahoo seasons. Were there more than one? I thought there was just one. I think there was season. two. No, weren't very good. No, no, they were real bad. And it's like it's not because Chevy Chase was gone. It just seemed like the show itself was not. I mean, Chevy Chase was gone. Donald Glover was gone. Donald Glover. That was a big part because yeah. you know you didn't have. Um, Troy and Troy Abed in the and morning. Abed. Yeah, Troy and Abed. I mean, sometimes the whole thing got sometimes that whole thing got a little tiresome, but they were definitely like one of the powerhouses of the show. Yeah. So when you split them up, it's just, and they like kept trying to replace Chevy Chase. Like first they had Mike Armantrout from Breaking Bad, right? Then they brought in Keith David. Brought right, Keith David. Yeah. How do I not remember that? Oh wait. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. I do. He was like the IT guy. And then. Um, uh, 
fuck, uh, Paget Brewster. She yeah. was there for a while. Yeah. She was trying to trying to replace Troy, which is weird. What? <laughs> you know, we should replace the black kid with a white lady, right? Uh, anyway. I <laughs> uh, should rewatch that. I'm pretty sure I've already watched it during quarantine, but watching just watch those four seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've already watched Scrubs and Arrested Development twice. Might as well do Community. Why again. not? In touch with the ground. I'm on the And then when you're done watching that, you can watch Peacock's new show, Wolf Like Me. Coming this... Okay. January 13th. Uh, this is from director Abe Forsyth, who directed Little Monsters. Forsyth. Sure. Abe Forsyth. That's what he says. Uh, is it? Uh, he directed Little Monsters, but not that one. Right. Not the Howie Mandel... Uh, uh, Fred Savage classic classic uh, no the most recent one with um, what's her name from us um, oh my god I'm totally spacing uh, yeah but in Wolf Like Me everyone brings their own set of baggage to a new relationship Gary played by Josh Gad and Mary played by Isla Fisher are no different Gary is an emotional wreck and Peter sh- Nyong'o yes uh, Gary's an emotional wreck and struggles to provide for his daughter since the death of his wife. Mary has a secret she can't bring herself to share with anyone. The universe brought those two together for a reason. They just need to keep following the signs. I mean, I'm guessing from the title that at least one of them's a werewolf. I mean, it, it probably seems both. Like that. Pro- probably both of them, right? Yeah. I mean, otherwise, why would you... Why would you put that in the title? Yeah, that was like that's like if Werewolves Within was like not about werewolves, right? There's like no werewolf in it, right? Uh, Forsyth or or Forsyth, Forsyth. <laughs> he said of his series, <clears throat> hey, Mary has a secret she can't bring herself to share. She's a werewolf, it's probably a werewolf. She's probably a werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Forsyth said, "I'd love for audiences to go." <laughs> To go into watching the series not knowing where it's going or what gets revealed as the show progresses. That looks like he's watching a werewolf. That's Josh Gad watching a werewolf. That's what that is. That's, that's what that's what Josh Gad watching a werewolf looks like. I love, it's, it says, I'd love for audiences to go into watching the series not knowing where it's going. Maybe don't call it wolf like me. Then. <laughs> <laughs> or what gets revealed as the show progresses, because I think if that happens, then it's going to shock and surprise people. You get to watch the end of every episode, and there's a reason that you have to keep watching. I don't have to watch you watching. I don't have to do anything. (laughs) Fuck you, Abe. (laughs) I get Peacock for free. I don't have to watch shit. That's right. I get Peacock and I don't watch any WWE. What do you know that? Fuck them. (laughs) Like I said, this is going to be on Peacock on January 13th, which is right around the corner. It is. Right. Right there. Around the corner. It's right there. Sneaking up on you. It's right there. Surf and Brent you. (laughs) 
Right around the corner where the fudge is made. (laughs) (laughs) Milk, milk, lemonade. Yeah, no, we all know the whole thing. It's a thing. (laughs) All right. So that's horror business. We made it. It only took us an hour and 15 minutes. Um, yeah. So, uh, we got some movies on tap for you guys. They have nothing to do with each other. So have fun. I mean, they kind of do in that, uh, they both involve gas masks and people glowing red. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess. There you go. They, they do have those things. They also have, uh, a, a heroine as the main character. Yeah. All right, let's let's talk about some movies. All right, so we got two movies that are relatively new. Um Antlers and uh Super Deep so deep. So deep. Uh, Taylor, which one do you want to start with? Super deep. All right. <laughs> which one do you want to start with? I want to get super deep up in it. I thought you would. We've studied our space more than the Earth. What happened to you? Everything is just like in a regular shaft. But later on, you'll see what we actually created here. All right, so the super deep. Now wait, is it called the super deep or just super deep? I mean, it says the super deep on the poster. There's okay. I've seen this same poster that also just says super deep without the the. Oh, doesn't matter. Wikipedia says the super deep. IMDb says super deep. Shutter says super deep without the. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ruskies. <laughs> Something lost in translation, I guess. Um, yeah, the super deep is interestingly enough. There's no Russian word for the. (laughs) 
not true. I mean, yeah. that I know of. It might be true, and I'm Maybe. just talking on my ass, but... Russians have 20 words for the, and no words for love. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Super Deep, uh, 2020... 2021? 2020. 2020. So, yeah, this came out in November. Um, of 2020. 2020. Not this last November. Oh, that's right. We're in 2022, bruh. I'm still working on that. I've fucked up so many things at work. Uh, um, yeah, a, a Russian film. Um, it is dubbed in English, which I appreciate. Um, I don't know if there is a subtitled version, but there's a lot going on. I don't know if you can keep up with subtitles. Dude, there is a lot going on. Um... <clears throat> Yeah, okay, so uh, this uh, takes place in 1984. It is based on a real thing called the Kola Super Deep Borehole. It is in Russia. It was, I don't think it was really done for any other purpose than to set some kind of record. You should look how deep we can go. I mean, I assume they're probably like, you know, investigating the Earth's crust. But really, it lower. <laughs> Put it in H. <laughs> no H flat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they started drilling in 1970, um, and I th- think they went all the way through 19. Let's see, drilling was stopped in 1994. So ten years. Um, yeah. Right? I don't know. You're even looking at it. Drilling terminated in 1995 due to lack of funds. Go figure that they couldn't justify just drilling a fucking endless hole. Just digging and digging and digging. It's like, man. Dig up, stupid. <laughs> like, you know, we've got enough holes in the Earth's crust that are called volcanoes. And they have destructive patterns all over the globe. Why would you just create another one? Yeah. Idiots. I mean, it looks like... At the so there's de- not actually like an underground lab like this. It doesn't appear... They literally be- just dug a hole and they were like, okay, we're done. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's like... Just fill it in. Research. Do they just fill it in afterwards? And I think it's still there. How do you, how do you fill that in? There's just a big hole to nothing? I guess. They just throw pennies in it? The borehole has been welded shut as of August. Well, okay, it was welded shut. Yeah, it's got this little thing. Oh, that little thing. Oh, okay. <coughs> Just in this. Fucking... So there's not like mafia people throwing dead bodies down there or anything. Look, apparently this is the borehole's facility, in left in ruins. Which this is how I picture most of Russia. Um... <laughs> that looks like the Northgate Mall when they were halfway through construction. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, they dug uh, a little over seven and a half miles into the Earth's crust just for no reason. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) Because of higher than expected temperatures at this... Oh, wait. uh, Drilling was stopped on August 1984... 
yeah, because of higher than expected temperatures at this depth and location, which is uh, 180 degrees Celsius, which equates to 356 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, I was wondering in the movie if it was Celsius or Fahrenheit, because I never... I mean, I assumed it was Celsius. Yeah. Um, <laughs> instead of the expected 100 degrees Celsius, which was 212 degrees Fahrenheit, drilling deeper was deemed unfeasible. The unexpected decrease in density, the greater porosity, and the unexpectedly high temperatures caused the rock to behave somewhat like a plastic, making drilling nearly impossible. Go figure. Yeah. You dig... Who'd have thunk? Into the Earth's core. Into the core. Things melt. That's fucking wild. It's crazy, though, because I've seen Bugs Bunny dig all the way to China with just a shovel. That's true. I saw that, too. And I'm pretty sure I saw Aaron Eckhart take a little ship all the way to the the Earth's core. Anyway. So, the Super Deep. Uh, So, it's, it's based on the... This the cola borehole, um, cola butthole. <laughs> in that there is a very deep borehole. I don't think this is the actual cola borehole, just a borehole. Oh no, it is. Sorry. Yeah, no, it is. Um, but there's like I said, there's like a lab down there. That... Yeah. So <clears throat> we start out 1984. Anna Fedorova, uh, who is a Russian epidemiologist, um. She is, I think what we first see is like a flashback to a man dying of something. I mean, his, his, his skin is, his, he's just got bad skin. I mean, he's very clearly like very sick. Um, he's like coughing up blood and stuff. And um, we're seeing this, you know, POV style from somebody inside of a hazmat suit and tries to inject him with something. You know, it's not clear exactly what, but it, he ultimately just bleeds out and dies. Um, days, days, days. <laughs> we see this is Anna, um, and the man in the bed was her partner who decided to become the human guinea pig on a uh, vaccine for um, uh, a, a, vi- a virus that was going around. It's not very specific exactly what this virus is. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they're trying to develop a um, vaccine. Anna and her partner, uh, Doctor Zotov, um, and he volunteered to, like I said, be the test subject without any animal testing or you know preliminary tests. Just like, yeah, give it to me, and then he died. 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 <laughs> Uh, this colonel of military in- uh, intelligence, Colonel Mozorov, uh, who is the R- Russian Bruce Willis, um, he steps in, and when Anna tries to resign her position uh, because of just the gross negligence that happened in her in her research, um, Colonel Mozorov said, "You know what? No, we we need you." You're the only one that can do this. So we're not accepting your resignation. Get back to work. Um, Sometime later, it's not exactly specific how long, 
we find that she was successful in developing this vaccine. Uh, it helped Russians, Russian soldiers in Africa uh, who were dying of whatever virus. I mean, maybe this is based in something real. I, I just am not familiar with it. I don't know. Um, they had, um, what's his name with the Kool-Aid stand? Uh, um, uh, Yeltsin? Is that him? I don't think so. You keep talking. I look it up. Okay. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so we see her gathered with some friends on New Year's. Uh, Gorbachev. Gorbachev. Um, yeah, they had him on TV talking about like the great success of this vaccine, or right? Whatever. Yeah, it's was, it was clearly like an old Gorbachev because that was actually him on TV. Yeah, uh, just an, a redubbed, right? You know, speech broadcast that he had done. Um, but yeah, praising the you know the the creation of this vaccine, how this is very great for Mother Russia and yada yada yada. Um, <clears throat> and you know, while she's while Anna's. Being, you know, praised and glad-handed by her friends, um, she gets a call from uh, Colonel Mazarov saying that they need her help at a re- the, the, the super deep borehole in Kola. Um, and uh, so I think we, we jump to her being whisked away to this facility and you find that um they they rec- they th- recorded sounds of unknown origin coming from um deep in the borehole after 20 people in the facility went missing um so yeah as the people as the public knows and you know in here in our reality the borehole was simply just that just digging a big fucking hole <laughs> But in this, it's actually a top secret research facility because they found something underground, um, and whatever it was has been earth unearthed, and it's been there for however long. But it appears to be of a, of a, of a virulent nature, um, and is infecting people and making them sick. So Anna is flown to this facility um, and they initially have some issues with the, the head of research uh, at, at the facility. Um, and he makes like several attempts to talk them out of going into it, down into the, into the borehole um, after they, you know, insist and basically force their way in. That's when things starting to go, you're talking, about, you're talking about Dr. Grigoriev? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, like, so there's this part, they get in the elevator, and, you know, it's like a, you have to enter a code to make the elevator go. And it, Grigoriev, like, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, boop, you know, the but, sound buttons make. Mm-hmm. And it's like, fail, and he's like, oh, there's a fail safe. If you put in the wrong code three times, the elevator goes down, and you're just like, well, this is, you know, Chekhov's elevator. Yeah. And then he's like, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, boop, eh, fail, eh, fail. He's like, oh, if I do it again, it's all, it's going to crash down. Yeah, I got the impression he was doing that on purpose. Yeah, because then the third time he's like, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, boop, and it goes, eh, success. And I'm like, why is it the same noise? <laughs> <laughs> you should have like a bell or the something. The same ominous flashing red light. Like, 
Yeah, he's telling these guys, you know, he enters the code twice, and, you know, both are, they, they fail twice, and third or before he does the third time, he says, yeah, you know, there's a fail safe. I can only do this three times before the elevator plummets to the bottom. Uh, he's like, you know, it doesn't help with a gun to my back. Right. It's like, so it seemed like he was just trying to kind of get their nuts in a sling right off the bat, just to kind of show them who's in charge. Um, anyway, so yeah, they, they go down and this borehole has two different, um, uh, levels. Uh, one is, um, they call it, uh, the resort, um, which is basically like the living quarters. It's where all, where the entire crew resides, um, where they, you know, have their day-to-day lives when they're not working. Um, I think it's even where all the research is. No, that's, that's further down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, yeah, all the, the research level is called Sahara. Um, now I'm looking at the Wikipedia page and there is a discrepancy. Um, it looks like probably in the original Russian, uh, the, the resort level is named Yalta. Yalta is a town. It's like a, a like a beach town that is. It's it's basically like a resort town where people go to vacation. So resort makes sense. The next, uh, the one below, um, what was it called? Tashkent. Yeah, Tashkent, which is another town. But I can't see any similarities between that and Sahara. At one point, they ask him why Sahara. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember what is. He says too many camels. <laughs> So just being a smartass, and this guy, he's an he's an engineer, so he knows kind of the ins and outs of the mechanic or the mechanical nature of the borehole. Um, and yeah, it was when he's saying this is you know the resort level where um, the the crew lives. We go down a second elevator down to the you know the lower level, the Sahara. And yeah, one of the soldiers says, "Why is it called Sahara?" <laughs> Too many camels. <laughs> uh, we never did. I mean, we have. To, uh, my assumption was it's called Sahara because it's so fucking hot. Makes sense. Um. Anyway, so they they bring Anna along, and she, you know, there are two um, members of the crew. Um, I forget their name. Kira uh, is one of them. Kira is a is a research. Uh, one of the research crew, and then is it Sergey? <sighs> the major? Know. No, no, not him. Um, the engineer. Oh, Peter? Is it Peter? I think it's Peter. But spelled all Russian. Pyotr. <laughs> Rosebeard. <laughs> Rosebeard. <laughs> <laughs> um. Damn it! I need to find out. This this was my biggest problem with this movie was trying to remember all these people's names. Yeah, and it's it's not of any consequence, but just that's the thing. Is it like it's not because they're like you know all super Russian and foreign sounding or anything like that? But it was like aside from Anna, most of these characters are pretty inconsequential. Yeah, <laughs> they're kind of just piecemeal. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they they go down, they find uh, the the engineer. And then two research assistants, 
Uh, one is Kira. Oh, no, Peter's the guy with the mustache. Is that? Okay. So, yeah, Peter is, is another research assistant. Still don't know the engineer's name. Nikolai? Could be Nikolai. I think it is Nikolai, actually. Okay. Let's say it's Nikolai. Let's go with that. Just to kind of keep this thing rolling. <laughs> yeah, Nikolai. Um, and... Okay, so... Yeah, so they, they find these other two engineers that were left behind when they evacuated. Right. Um, and so Anna just kind of does this, you know, top to bottom... You know, T to B. Yeah. <laughs> Tits to butts. <laughs> Inside the super deep butthole. <laughs> uh, just kind of does a, a, a once over on them um, to make sure that they don't have any signs of infection. Um, but then she learns of another research assistant named Olga who is fucked up. She's not good. She's not in good shape. You see her sitting there and she's in a surgical gown um, and she looks really just disheveled really not good she looks like she hasn't slept in a while and she's all sweaty so sweaty <laughs> her eyes are all red um and so uh anna you know she she gowns up and and goes in there to check on her she opens up the back of her gown and you can already see before it's open that there is something just all over her back and anna says does it hurt and she says, no, I've, I feel something, but it doesn't hurt. Um, it tingles. <laughs> um, and uh, she opens up her gown, and it is just this mass of gooey stuff. Yeah. It looks like, I don't know. Just a, just a big old f- plate of poopy. It looks like <laughs> it kind of looks like a, like rotting tree branches or something. That's it's gonna say. It looks a lot like tree branches, except like if tree like bra- soft. Like- yeah, if tree branches were like squishy. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it's uh, Kira says that this wasn't here 15 minutes ago, right? Um, and um, Anna clips off a clip, you know, a little bit of it. Uh, to to um, examine, she puts it under the microscope and she sees that it is a bacterial growth uh, that is growing at just these insane rates. Like she's watching it under the microscope and just watching this thing expand. Um, <clears throat> so there's clearly some outbreak under there. Nobody seems to really know exactly what's going on. She also like she holds up her hand and her little pinky finger just goes crack. Well, yeah, that, that's a little bit li- later on. But yeah, she does start to like kind of mutate. Yeah, and um, yeah, and we we see that this thing it it uh, it's almost like a sentient being. It, it's it's a parasite that takes over, you know, people's bodies and starts to mutate it and and um, turn it into like just a <clears throat> big old puddle of slop. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, just constantly, you know, worried about infection trying to lock this thing down before it spreads throughout the entire facility because um, Grigoriev, he says, you know, I tried to warn you, like he escapes um, from them 
and disappears into the facility. And then he... He goes down to the next facility, and then he, like, shuts down the elevator so nobody can follow him. Right. So, because the the thing operates on a pass card, and he's the only one that has one. Mm -hmm. So, they're locked in this facility. He gives Anna a pass. I don't know, as a scientist, a scientist maybe, but says, you know, the the elevator's locked down, but you can walk up the shaft, presumably like a staircase or something. Um, So, go do that. She, I mean, she doesn't do it. And so he says, you know, I tried to give you an out and now we're all basically just going to die down here. And he blows something up. I missed exactly what it was. But Nikolai, the engineer, says that the thing that regulates the pressure in in the borehole is busted. And so basically the, the, the pressure of the, the crust of the earth is going to start caving this tunnel in. Or the caving in the borehole, including all of them in the in the facility. So it's kind of a race against time, um, along with you know fighting against these these creatures that sprout up, and you know constantly worried about who's infected, and you know it's um it's really reminiscent of a lot of different movies. Um, the thing the being the obvious thing, one, um, Alien. Um, Event Horizon to an extent. I was going to say, there's parts where they want you to think it's like Event Horizon. Because like she checks on this guy, and the, there's a bus full of people who are leaving. She's like, I, I have to check them before they leave. And she says something to this guy about having the disease or something. And he's like, it's not a disease. There's he- It's hell down there. Right. Which made me think it was going to be like Event Horizon, where it was literally going to be hell down there. Right. That they like bored into hell. Um, there's even a part where they <clears> find a door that's like sealed shut, and it says, deliver us from hell. Yeah. Liberate to Temex and Ferris. Yep. Yep. Latin. Very good. That's all I know. That and habeas corpus. I'm going to put the system on trial. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, I mean, there's a a lot going on. Um, Oh, uh, the first Resident Evil is another movie. It reminded me of. Mm, I didn't get that initially, but you're saying that, yeah. Um, basically, any movie where they're locked in some kind of research facility with some kind of creature. Yeah, it's kind of the same. I mean, like I said, the the thing is the most obvious one because it's like this Arctic area. So there's that, and then like you've got these mutated things. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, as opposed to where, you know, movies like that where you expect there to be some kind of monster, it's not so much that at first. <laughs> a little bit of a spoiler. Um, it's it's literally just turning people in, into mush. It's a spore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it's, liter- it's, it's not a disease like they thought initially. It's, it's a, a fungal spore. Yeah. Um, and at one point, this Olga girl, she, they leave her alone for a while. They come back to check on her. She has just turned she's into this melted into the floor. Yeah, turned into this puddle of like mushy tree branch, tree roots, um, with little pods just festering. They kind of look like boobs. Kind of look like boobs. Look like boobies. Um, then they pop open and, and nipples nipples explode. <laughs> explode. <laughs> In your face that explodes. It's frustrating. 
uh, and just blow these spores out into the, into yeah. the, into the air. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, so that's 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 basically the plot. I mean, without many spoilers. So, um, what what do you think, Taylor? It's pretty good. Um, <coughs> it's like it's almost two hours long. It is really long, and I don't I don't like to just say a movie is too long because a movie can be long and still move fine. But I do think this movie suffered from a pacing problem. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got what is basically an isolation horror. Um, you know, one location. I mean, if, as far as things go, it's, it's a pretty expansive location, but it is still just one place. Um, and so, yeah, just inherently, you're going to be dealing with a lot of repetition. You're going to a lot of the same places over and over. But you're right. Yeah, pacing was an issue. Um, variety in things that were going on on screen. That was an issue. Mm-hmm. Like I said, a lot of the characters like just kind of come and go superfluously without really making an impact on the story at all. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, I was sitting there watching this and, like, not really feeling anything. So you're just watching it and, like, not really... Hating it or loving it. It was just kind of like there was something that was on. Yeah. And I don't know if that was just me or if it was the movie itself, but. I don't know if it's because it was like dubbed. I thought the dubbing was actually really good. It was. And yeah. it, was, it was clear that some characters were at least some of the time speaking English. Yeah. I from I read something that said that Anna was spoke English. Okay. And it, it looked, I don't know, because some Russian words are, are similar to English words. Um, especially if there's no like direct translation in Russian. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looked like even some other characters were speaking English at times. Um, it reminded me of like old, uh, old Italian movies, like old sp- speed racer cartoons. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you no, know, like, like old, like spaghetti Westerns and stuff. Like, yeah. Where, Clint Eastwood would be speaking English, but the rest of the cast would be speaking Italian, right. dubbed over in English. <clears throat> anyway. Um, At least they were all, like, all the dub actors sounded different. Yeah. A lot of times when a movie is dubbed, it's like four people for 16 different actors, four actors for 16 different characters. And yeah. it's like, you know, a guy trying to disguise his voice. And it's like, why does he sound exactly like that other guy? You can usually rely on a bigger studio to to have a pretty good um, uh, dub budget, dub, dub cast. Yeah, um, it's a, like if you're watching a foreign film, it's like independent or you know a relatively unknown film. Even if they have a, a, like an English dub rather than subtitles, chances are the cast is going to be like four people, right? <laughs> <clears throat> But you know this is uh, this is a shutter uh, shutter exclusive, um, and I don't know what American studio picked this up, but um, 
Yeah, it was, it was definitely one of the better dub soundtracks I've, I've heard or seen, I guess. Anyway, <clears throat> but yeah, the the, um, the film itself, I mean, there's there's plenty going on. I just didn't really feel all that engaged in it at any point. I mean, you know, Anna is very clearly the 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 lead of of the cast and the protagonist. Yeah, I just didn't really feel very connected to her. Um, and like we said before, there's just so much going on. Um, there's there's a lot of exposition, and there's so many characters introduced all at once. Um, that I just I couldn't keep them straight. Like this little the little um, you know, back and forth between her and uh, uh, Sar- Sergeant. Was that who it was? Uh, the major, I think. Major. Um, you know, whatever his name was, I think was was he Big Daddy? I don't know. No, he was the major. Okay. I mean, the Wikipedia page just refers to him as the major over and over again. There is a character, Sergey, Major Sergey McKee. Yeah, there is a Big Daddy. Yeah, with two G's apparently. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> but there was something going on between the two of them, and I didn't even pick up on it until the movie was almost over. Yeah, and then they—I guess that's kind of spoiling them. <laughs> um. But. Yeah, and like I'm not usually the type to really point this kind of thing out or even be bothered by it, but you know Anna, she's a scientist. I mean, she's like this you know world class epidemiologist, highly revered by the Russians, you know the Soviet Russians, which is probably really hard to do, especially as a woman. Um, And she she's fully clothed through. 99% 99% of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then right at the end, she strips down to her underwear and she's like, she's spending like like the last 15, 20 minutes of the movie running around in her underwear. And it's like, that seems just really out of place. I mean, I get why she did it, but that had to be written. <laughs> that wasn't something that, that they weren't like taking that from something that actually occurred. Somebody wrote that. Yeah. And it just seemed out of place for the character, I guess. Like I said, something like that, I typically wouldn't even bother pointing out, but it just seemed weird to me. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I get why she did it, but yeah, I guess it did seem kind of weird. Um, yeah. And it's like she had like this tank top and, and underwear on that were like the same color, so I thought she was wearing like a, a bathing suit. suit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why is she wearing that at all? <laughs> Laundry day. <laughs> Um. Anyway, yeah. So, like, the, the cold open with the vaccine thing, I was just like, "Ooh, <laughs> this is going to be topical." Yeah. But um, then that ended up like not having anything to do with the story at all. No, just she has like this. Um, to, you know, to to lean it more into the the really misleading supernatural element, she has like this flashback while she's down in in the borehole, which again is reminiscent of event horizon. Um, and, uh, she, she has a flashback of her, of her partner that died, died, but that's, that it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So, I mean, it's it's a it's a good enough movie. The story, the visual effects and everything are really good. Yeah, especially. If, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know if this is a low budget movie. I, I mean, it, it, it doesn't is a, look like it. it. It doesn't look like it. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah, but the, the the CGI, like um, you know, showing like the elevator and the borehole, and even the creature effects, um, were all really well done. The 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 spores in the air looked a little hammy. Yeah, but aside from that, everything else was really smooth. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I. Obviously, we were listening to a dub, so it's hard to completely gauge how well the actors were doing. Um, but it seemed like it was well acted. So on, on paper, everything looks fine. It's just, I don't know. It was hard for me to get engaged with it, I guess. Like I said, I think I think it suffered from a big pacing problem. I don't think this movie needed to be almost two hours long. No, I really didn't. Um, I, I think that stuff could have been you know, shortened and kind of... Uh, Made more concise. I was trying to mm-hmm. think if there was a single word for that, but I don't think there is. Um, There's a lot of starts and stops. It's like, oh, we're going to finally get up in the elevator, and now we're not. And now we're going to do it again, and, and now we're not. <laughs> um, just, I mean, I've, I've, I assume it was in, intended to build tension, but it, it wasn't. Yeah, but like ultimately, <laughs> what was the the uh, response to it? Like, yeah. It was, it, Served no bearing on the story whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah, there was a couple moments of just this kind of like fake tension. It's just like, are you just trying to build a mood just to try and set a tone? Because at the at the end of this scene, nothing happened, nothing changed. Right. I just realized I've been doing this. I forgot to disconnect from the uh, Discord. Oh god, I thought you were gonna say you forgot to hit record. No. <laughs> you guys could have been listening for free. Sucks for you. I mean, it's free anyways. But <laughs> um, Could have been watching our faces this whole time. I don't know. I'm, I don't really have a lot else to add, I guess. Yeah, it's fine. And, you know, somebody else might be more engaged with it. But for me, it was just kind of. A lull. <laughs> yeah, like I, I mean, it wasn't bad. I've I've seen some some really bad reviews of this, uh, and I was kind of surprised by it because I don't think it's bad. No, I like I said, I think it's paced poorly. I think it it drags at times, and like we were saying, there's scenes that just it's it's like they just thought it was a cool visual or something, and they just put it in, and it's like this doesn't need to be here. Yeah, you, you could have you know cut this out and cut this scene a little shorter, and you know had a tight ninety minutes. Yeah. And maybe this movie would have been a little more a little more actiony and could have made it a little scarier. Yeah. That's that's the thing. It's like, you know, it's supposed to be a horror movie and I just really didn't get the horror. Well, yeah, there's like all, like I said there's all these parts where it kind of makes you it's like they want you to think it's supernatural, but then it ends up not being. Yeah. Oh well. Um Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of anything else I can add, but I, I mean, don't talk just for the sake of talking. That makes it boring. Well, right. I'm just I'm just trying to think if there's anything I left out, but I I think I've pretty much uh, gone over everything that was relevant. 
So, um, it it was it was fine. I could see this being enjoyable to some, but like Taylor said, it's really dr- drawn out and has some pretty pretty obvious pacing issues um, that just really take away for it, it makes the whole plot stall and you kind of lose the thread um and it's hard to do when you got like so many things going on with so many different people mm-hmm. um so i'll give it a five yeah i mean you know taking everything you said as the cons then also looking at the pros visually it's very good the effects are really good. There's some good gore effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, well acted as far as, you know, we can tell. Uh, and, you know, obviously it does bring up those images of the thing and Event Horizon and Alien. Uh, so it's it's kind of in those vein. But again, it's all the cons you already mentioned. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're right. I think five right down the middle of the road. There you go. Again, on my own. White snake. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on. Our second film. uh, Everyone calls it the new Guillermo del Toro film, which I'll get into in a second, but it's Antlers. What is storytelling? Storytelling started with our indigenous people. Can anyone give me an example of a myth or a story they're afraid of? Lucas. What's going on? We found a part of a man in the woods today part of the man i guess the other half was found in the mine all this has got to be an animal right no animal i've ever seen something is going on with lucas These drawings belong to a student of mine. This is what was in the mine. It's a diabolical spirit. Excuse me, this is a myth. For you, yeah. He's not your responsibility. He has no one. He is my responsibility. He'll come for me. He needs me. He's here. All right, so like I said, this is being touted as the new Guillermo del Toro film. Uh, Guillermo del Toro produced this. It's just 
People do that. People do that. Wes Craven, Tim Burton. Quentin Tarantino. Tarant- yeah, Tarantino. But yeah, this is written by uh, C. Henry Chason or Chazon. Uh, Nick Antosca, who did um, the uh, Channel Zero series, as well as Brand New Cherry Flavor. Uh, and Scott Coop Cooper. <laughs> as he likes to be called. <laughs> this is based on a short story written by Nick Antosca called The Quiet Boy. The young boy. The young boy. The young quiet boy. Uh, and this is directed by Scott Coop Cooper. So, no real Guillermo del Toro influence in the actual filmmaking. So here's some money, you cocksucker. <laughs> you cocksucker. Ah! <laughs> Bring me the eye! <laughs> um, so this takes place in a small rural town in Oregon called Sispus Falls. So, of course, it was filmed in British Columbia. <laughs> I, I was watching it, and I'm like, you know, this actually looks like Oregon. Me too, yeah. Oh. And I, was, I was like, do they actually film this in Oregon? No, no, British Columbia, which I, I should have known. Yeah, it's like, damn. If, it, if a film takes place in the Northwest, it was filmed in British Columbia. Right. It can also stand in for Santa Barbara, California in a pinch. Right. <laughs> and you know why? Is because the entire West Coast make it so goddamn expensive to film here. Oh, yeah. And, and just production series are like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, we'll go to Canada. Yeah, Vancouver gives us a nice tax credit. And a free Tim Hortons. <laughs> you ever had Tim Hortons? Yeah, I've had their coffee. I don't think I've ever had their donuts. It's fucking Dunkin's. <laughs> That's all it is. They can say it's different. It's not. It's it's a chain donut. Like. Uh, but... In the opening, we're introduced to Frank Weaver. <laughs> Are you ready, Weaver? Uh, he gets out of his truck and he gets like some supplies out of the back, and he's got a kid in the cab. And he's like, oh, "Look, I got to go into this mine. He works in a mine, apparently. And he's like, "I gotta, gotta go do some work, mining. I gotta go mine some stuff or whatever. <laughs> and then when I come back, we'll we'll go pick up your brother Lucas. Like that line. I don't know why, but it bugged me." Because you wouldn't say your brother Lucas, you would say your brother, or you would say Lucas, right? And it's so I was just like, "Oh, great, we're in for some exposition." <laughs> Luckily, that was all there was. But it just that right off the bat, I was just like, "Oh no, yeah." But this guy goes down into the mine, goes to his office, which turns out is a meth lab, right? <laughs> because of course, because uh, Oregon, right? <laughs> I don't know if Oregon does a lot of meth labs, but I mean, probably. I'm sure there are some places in Oregon. It's like Spanaway. Spanaway had plenty of meth labs. Yeah, probably still does. I remember when they were, they shut down the meth lab right down the street from my house in Enumclaw. Yeah. yeah, I remember like there was like at the end of the block there was all like a tons of police cars, like, probably every police car in Enumclaw, and I was just like, what the fuck is going on? And the next day, oh yeah, meth lab. That's fun. Two three years ago. There was a police bust on the street next to mine, um, and my wife was trying to go to work, and the entire area was just blocked up by cops, and she's like, uh, how do I go to work? Remember when there was the police standoff in the parking lot of our apartment building? Yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> uh, years later, when my wife and I lived in that same apartment complex, uh, there was an ATF helicopter flying overhead. Oh. Good stuff. Yes. Gotta love the feds at your apartment building. Uh, so yeah, he goes in and he's 
getting ready to cook some meth with his partner. And all of a sudden they hear some weird noises out in the mine. And they're like, you know, this mine's supposed to be closed down. Like, what is that? And one guy, uh, I think it's Frank, is he says, you know, that's that's definitely an animal. Mm. And so they go out to investigate and are never seen again. Well, that's not true. But at this point, they, they just kind of disappear. Uh, flash forward to uh, three weeks later. Brother Lucas. Trace Semanas. Yep. <laughs> Spanish. But why? <laughs> <laughs> Just to prove you could. Yep. Espanol. Uh, we see Lucas. He is uh, at school. And I, I got to ask why whenever there's a film where a kid is like kind of just on his own, like he's the adult of the house. Why do they all look the same? Really skinny bodies and giant heads. This kid looks exactly like the the, the boy from the boy. He looks exactly like fucking Gummo. Like, why do these kids yeah. all look exactly alike? Yeah, we were watching it last night, and I, I'm, I, one of the rare occasions when my wife was actually watching it with me, and she's she like, "Why does that kid's head look so weird?" Yeah, like he he's got like a perfectly round head. It's like round up top. No neck. It's like it's his head is an inverted teardrop. Freakishly long arms. Right. And he's like he's like sickly skinny. Yeah. At one point he take he I don't remember if he took his shirt off or he had it, if he had it lifted up. He's like really skinny. Yeah. Like I mean, uh, you know, there are actors who do extreme things with their weight for roles. Children not I, so much. Not so much. So this kid is just really sickening, sickeningly skinny. Just weird. I mean, I was probably that skinny when I was twelve. Really? Yeah. At one point, my doctor was like, "You need to feed him whole milk." <laughs> I was like, "Stop giving him two percent. He needs whole milk because he needs to fatten up." Look at you now. And now I'm a big, fat, disgusting. <laughs> Look at me now, Ma. Look at me now, Dad. Look at me now. <laughs> um. But Lucas is, he's in a storytelling class. Which I, is that what the class was? Yes. That was what was written on the board. I mean, you know. I mean, I took a creative writing class. I guess that's kind of the same thing. Well, but, I guess this is elementary. So, or is it? That's the other thing. Yeah, because I mean, he's 12. So he can't be in high school yet. No. But I'm wondering if it may be like middle school. Mm, possibly seventh grade. But that's That would be a young seventh grader. I mean, it was just like elementary school, you know. You, you have one class. One class. Yeah. So it could have been. But yeah, the only, thing we, they are, the, the only thing that Felicity ever teaches is storytelling. <laughs> yes, their teacher, Miss Felicity. Yes. Carrie Russell. It's looking rough in this. A little bit. Which I, mean, I assume was part of the role, but. Yeah. But I think about her in Scrubs, and she looks so fucking banging in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's, as we come to find out, she uh, she was abused as a girl by her father, uh, and now he's committed suicide. So she's gone to live with her brother. Yeah, so yeah, life life from from Breaking Bad and and Fargo. Life's been rough to her. Um, yeah, Jesse Plemons. <laughs> I can't take that guy seriously, especially with that fucking mustache. Yeah, like I know he's a cop, but like, yeah, but. Don't. <laughs> uh, 
He was the bad guy in Jungle Cruise. Is he? Yeah. It's like, what? It's kind of a lighthearted comedy movie, but like, really? Yeah, he's like some like uh, like German or Bavarian prince or something. I mean, it takes you know, it takes place in like the thirties or something like that. It's just like, so he's a white collar bad guy. I mean, yeah, he's really okay. That's that's a little more easy to swallow, I guess. Than him being like some kingpin or something. It's like, I'm just not going to be threatened by you, guy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, in this, he plays her brother and a police officer. He's the, the sheriff of uh, Cispus Falls. Why do you say Cypress Falls? They probably Cy- don't have Cypress, Cypress Hill. Hills. I don't think Cypress just grows there. I want, I want to say Cypress Hill. <laughs> Insane in the membrane. Uh. For whatever reason, uh, Miss Meadows, Felicity. <laughs> Miss Felicity, um, she kind of you know notices that something's off with Lucas. Uh, the the bully in class was was dry humping Lucas's sock monkey. <laughs> I missed that. You missed the whole sock monkey thing. I saw a part where he like cuts the head off of it, but yeah, and then he put poop in it. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I I missed that's what he did. Okay. Yeah, so at first I don't I don't know how the bully got his sock monkey, but he was just like, "Hey, Lucas, mm, 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 mm. just like I'm humping your sock monkey." It's like, "Good one, yeah, you got me." <laughs> I'm gonna go tell everyone you you humped my sock monkey. <laughs> They're gonna be like, "Oh man, he's so cool." <laughs> uh, but so Miss Meadows, uh, Julia, she follows him home one day and sees that he's just living in squalor. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the next, I guess that, no, did she get the ice cream shop first or after that? Before she goes to his house? Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, it was before. Oh, okay. So yeah, she, he stops at this ice cream shop and is just kind of looking in and she, she's like, hey, I was just about to go in there. This ice cream shop with the longest fucking line I've ever seen. <laughs> I've, Molly moves up the street. Yeah, but like, I mean, during the summer, sure. This place had this like lying around the block on this like dreary, rainy day. It's fucking Oregon. It could be any day. <laughs> it could be any day of the year. <laughs> like, this is the the only ice cream place within 40 miles. Um <laughs> they, they did a really good job, like as far as the like, camera work and lighting, of capturing what it feels like in the like the fall and winter here yeah. in, in the northwest. <laughs> Just dark. And wet the, all the time. The gray hat, as my dad calls it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she like buys him ice cream and tries to get all this information out of him. And he basically, you know, he just tells her, I, yeah, I, boy, with some ice cream." <laughs> <laughs> he tells her that his mom is dead. Uh, his brother was pulled out of school, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then he's just like, I have to go. Don't follow me this time. And like, he leaves and they show, you know, the classic diner set of her sitting at the table as he walks by the, the window. Mm. And I just like expected him to just like, bam, hit the window with a middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I just thought that would have been hilarious. <sighs> but we see him uh, like killing animals and uh, finding roadkill and stuff. It's, you know, your first thought is obviously this is the beginning of a psychopath. But he is taking these animals home and th- there's a locked door 
in his house. Double locked. Yeah. Which later is triple locked. He adds a third lock. Mm. But he's taking food in there for whatever reason. We come to find out that whatever was in the mine killed Frank's partner, ripped him in half, and attacked Frank and Aiden, the, his brother, Lucas's brother. And now, Aiden. <laughs> now they're, they're changing. And uh, the dad says, you know, he says, I, I'm going to go in this room. Do not open the door for any reason whatsoever. He's just like, daddy is really sick. I don't want you to get sick. So don't come in this room ever. Yeah. He's the one that put all the padlocks on the door. Yeah. And then one day Aiden starts, you know, getting showing the same signs. And Lucas is like, daddy, Aiden Aiden's really sick. And he opens the door and grabs Aiden, puts him in, shuts the door again. Mm-hmm. At this point, he's pretty much just growling. Yeah, more or less. Uh, uh, Miss Meadows, I keep forgetting that. I guess because they never say it in the movie. They just call her Julia. No. Or Jewel, as her brother keeps calling her. She is convinced that he that Lucas is being abused. So she's, you know, she tells her brother, he's like, you know, I can't do anything really. Well, yeah, he says, you know, oh yeah, Frank Weaver, I've you know picked him up multiple times, I've revived him with Narcan multiple right. times, and just like basically he says it's just like the nature of the town. There's not much we can do. Yeah, I mean, what do I what do I do? I arrest him, and then he the kid goes into you know, uh, you know, foster, foster care yeah. with somebody else who's going to fuck him up. Like, there's no winning. Yeah. It's like, man, if that ain't the truth. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to get to, like, the big story plots, but they're also kind of spoilers. I mean, I, I don't think it's any secret, for the most part, to reveal that this movie is primarily about the legend of the Wendigo. Right. Uh, and then, you know, we, we get our uh, Harbinger in the form of the former sheriff, who's a Native American. His and name, he, Warren Stokes, the whitest fucking name, <laughs> and he's a native. But he breaks down the story of the Wendigo, which it's, it's interesting because I was trying to think about it, and it's like the only kind of legend, cryptid story I can think of that has a beginning. Yeah. But basically there was this, you know, kind of Donner Party situation where these this group was was trapped and had to result to, to cannibalism. And this one guy went once he ate his fellow man, he was possessed by the spirit of the Wendigo. And it's just this like super thin, emaciated creature with giant uh, antlers. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It is. And uh it is constantly hungry, and the more it feeds the hungrier it gets and the weaker it gets. It was weird. So it's this, you know, anti-cannibalism PSA. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat people. But yeah, so the dad uh, gets, eventually this the Wendigo just rips him apart from the inside. Yeah, that was, I mean, you didn't actually get to see it, but... And I, I wish we did. Yeah. You but, see, like, the beginnings of it. Yeah. But, yeah, it would have been cool to just see it really go full bore. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, and then there's this big fight. Um, you know, Paul, the the brother, Jesse Plemons, uh, and his his partner, who used to work at Empire Records. Now he's grown up to become a deputy in small town Oregon. Taylor, if you ever wonder if it was a pleasure to know you, know that it was. <laughs> I really like. Spoiler alert: He dies. <laughs> but I really wish. <laughs> I wish that, like, you know, after the Wendigo, what, did it rip his throat? Is that what? Or no, he got stabbed from behind through the, with the antlers. That's yeah. right. Um, but I wish, like, as he was dying, he would have been like, "I do not regret the things I have done, <laughs> but those that I did not do." <laughs> uh, yeah, and then so then there's this Wendigo on the loose, and you got Paul and um, uh, or what is Rory Cocker? Dan, the the two police, uh, and Julia chasing after it. And then it's just when to go, when to go, when to go. When to go crazy. <laughs> that's that's his new face. That's what he does. <laughs> Tony's showing me baby pictures. <clears throat> anyway. So what'd you think? Uh, it's not so bad. No, it's pretty good. Yeah. Like, I mean... I was going into this. I was getting the impression that I was going to be like blown away by this. When I first saw it, first saw a trailer, and first heard about the movie, I was like, "That could be cool." I expected more Wendigo. Yes, yes. Um, like so, yeah. Like I, I saw the saw the trailer, and you know, learned about what was going on in the story. And I was like, this could be cool. And then it came out, and people were just loving it. Just raving about antlers. And I was like, oh, okay, well, should be pretty good then. Then I watched it, and I was like, I mean, it wasn't bad, but definitely not as good as people were making it out to be. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm in the same boat. I wish there was more Wendigo, because mm-hmm. I, I guess that's kind of what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting the Wendigo to just like slowly kill the guy and then burst out of him. Right. But I mean, I don't know if this is kind of a spoiler, but like the he doesn't turn into the Wendigo until he eats human flesh. Right. Yeah, because Lucas has been feeding him roadkill. Right. So he's been sustaining he's been him. Eating skunks and whatever else. Right. Makes look, so Lucas is like walking home. I think like alongside of a, a river or something, and he spots a skunk. You know, you know, twenty yards away. And he picks up a rock. It's like, okay, he either got blasted by that skunk, <laughs> or somehow managed to sneak up on it. Or he threw the rock. But I mean, he'd have to throw it really accurately in order yeah. to hit it hard enough to even knock it out. It's true. Um, I mean, they did say that the house smelled like death, so maybe he was sprayed by the skunk. The skunk's pretty, pretty foul. Yeah, never been sprayed by one, but I've definitely smelled one. Mm-hmm. Although when he never like went to school, and they were just like, "Lucas, you fucking stink." <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's like um, Julia goes to the principal at one point to talk about Lucas and um, how you know the fact that his brother doesn't come to school and. 
and you know saying that like it's clear signs of abuse and clear signs cry of for abuse help. And, and it's like they they it's well known that lucas's dad is a meth cook um but he said clearly this is like a meth town because the principal she says like you know what do we do you know say you know people these people they keep their kids home because they you know they need them as um lookouts you know they need they say we can't send them can't send them to school because they they reek like methamphetamine it's like and you know us as administrators what are we supposed to do it's like we we have no authority we have no way to to you know you know chastise i mean i'm, I'm paraphrasing here but um well it just says you know when he's here he's safe yeah like we know he's not going to die in a meth explosion when while he's at school so like why are we trying to you know make a bit make an issue out of it mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I don't know the whole movie seemed to turn out to be more of a drama about this kid rather than a monster movie i mean it's definitely an allegory for child abuse sure it's pretty blatant but you know it was like weird. Mul- multiple people tell Julia, "Hey, just leave it alone." Like the principal, her boss says, "Hey, leave it alone." Her brother, the sheriff, says, "Hey, leave it alone." And she's like, "No, I'm going to go check it out. <laughs> I'm going to go vigilante." Um, I also love that she's so much better at being a cop than her brother. <laughs> like the the principal goes missing. And uh uh Julia tells her brother, "I I told her to go talk to frank he's like all right they go to frank's house and they're like nope nobody here next day she goes to frank's house sees the principal's fucking car there how did the police miss that right. <clears throat> um what's i gonna say shit oh you're talking all this reference to child abuse and like you know um like you said, like um, you know, metaphorical stuff for about child abuse. The thing is, like Frank never really seemed like he was a bad father. I mean, aside from being, being a, a meth, meth cook. cook, he actually seemed like he was pretty attentive. Yeah, all, I mean, all things was, considered, you know, as, as he was leaving Aiden in the car, which yeah, that's kind of fucked up. But he, you know, he still he was just like, "I'll be right back. I love you." Like he was doting and yeah and like you know Aiden obviously cared enough about him and felt safe enough with him to call him daddy yeah um and you know when he realized that he was sick he had enough foresight and care for his sons to lock himself in a room mm-hmm. and say do not come in here and um, separate Aiden from Lucas when Aiden got sick yeah so it's it's you know kind of um Mixed messages, I guess. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, there was some clear reference to child abuse. I mean, going back to Julia's own own experience with child abuse. Um, but um, when Frank was a person, <laughs> you never really, I never really got the impression that he was abusive. Yeah. Um, I mean, looking past the whole, the, the, the meth aspect of it. But <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe reading too much into it. I've also never heard of someone 
like getting possessed by a Wendigo because they were attacked by a Wendigo. Like that's, that's a werewolf thing. Like I've never heard that as part of the Wendigo legend before. Um, I've heard that. Have you? Yeah. I mean, it's got to pass on somehow. Um, I think the most common thing though, is that if you ever eat the flesh of a man, you are possessed by the spirit of the Wendigo. Right. Um, but yeah, legends have different different elements to them depending on who's telling the story. I don't think the Wendigo's any different. That's true. Um, yeah, I think just the biggest thing that bugs me about this is, like you said before, just the lack of actual Wendigo because it really presents itself as a Wendigo movie. But as far as an actual Wendigo, like we don't even, even get being referenced. We don't even get the Wendigo legend until the third act, right? And into the third act, yeah. Um, so yeah. I also think this one, similar to the uh, Super Deep, is is has some pacing issues. It's, I mean, it's obviously not as long, right? but it's anytime you have a film based on a short story, it, it feels a lot of times like they're like, well, a lot of fluff. We need to stretch this out into 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a problem at times here. Yeah. Um, the effects, the effects are so inconsistent. They really are. Some of the effects are so good and so sweet looking and some of the violence is like super good. And then some of it is so cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of them, a lot of the effects look like something I'd expect out of like a, like a major motion or like a major motion picture, like a, uh, like a, like a big a studio. studio film. Yeah. Especially Other with GBT's name on it. Right. Other times it looks like something I'd see on like a CW show. There's a part where the Wendigo bursts through a, a wall and it looks like a fucking Muppet. <laughs> like not, not like an Elmo or a cookie monster or anything, but it looks like something that was made by Jim Henson studios that they just kind of pushed back and forth right. on a gurney. Like, and but then like the very next scene, they show the full Wendigo and it looks awesome. And I was like, how is this the same creature? <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's one thing to just have bad effects, but to have uneven effects. I'm just like, why? Yeah. I don't see any reason for it either. Like, it's not like this movie was rushed or anything. Yeah. It was actually delayed almost an entire year, if I remember right. I know it was delayed. I don't know how long. Let's see. Yeah, it was released theatrically on October 29th, 2021, after being delayed twice from an April 2020 release. I mean, I know that doesn't necessarily mean they have to go back and they can go back and do reshoots, but they could definitely take the time to like look at their uh, digital effects. Yeah. Just clean it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, what do you... Like, if you're having a party or something and you clean up the house and you're waiting on people to show up, what are you doing? Sitting on your ass, or you're looking like, okay, I could, I could touch that up a little more, or 
I'm probably sitting in my house. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I'm talking to the wrong person. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway. But yeah, I mean, otherwise, I thought it was good. Like you said, a, a lot of people were just like, oh my God, Antlers is like the greatest thing I've ever seen. And it's it's not... Yeah, but I, the, but it's not bad it, at all. Like it, the story is is good, and the story, like I said, it does have some pacing problems. But the story, the the structure of it is pretty good. Um, effects, as like I said, at some points are really good, mm-hmm. and then at other points are a little sloppy. Like we were saying, the Wendigo transformation—you see the very beginning of it. And you're like, oh, I want to see the whole thing. Like, yeah. Um, oh, I mean, this isn't necessarily related to the movie, but when it started and it had this the title card for the studio, Searchlight, Searchlight Pictures or whatever it was, yeah, where that used to be like 20th Century Fox Searchlight, right? And so it was the same opening for 20th Century Fox. Except 20th Century Fox was gone. <laughs> just said searchlight pictures. That was, that was just weird. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I um, I liked it well enough, but and like I, I might recommend it to somebody, but I mean, I I, I I would recommend it. I think it's where it's worth a watch, but I don't think it's like a must see. Yeah, and I don't know that I'll go back to it. No, I probably won't. Um, you is that a bit about it for you? I think so. Yeah, I think I've touched on everything that I really had to say. Right. Um, give it a six. That's what I was gonna say. Hey, we're like the same person or something. Same. <laughs> it's like two sames. <laughs> it's like I said same and you said same. Well, all right. That's it. That's it. That, that's the show. <laughs> and I actually made it without my yeah, voice I- just completely giving out. I feel like I'm like I feel like my throat is getting gunked up though and my congestion's getting worse though. I don't know if that's just because or because I've been talking, but anyway. All right guys, well, uh hope you enjoyed the show. Actually, you know what? <clears throat> I'm here. You know what? Now. I hope you didn't enjoy the show. <laughs> well, I'm I'm now that I'm actually paying attention. I'm, my voice is like I held out, but my voice is definitely not sounding as great as it did at the beginning. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. So we'll be back with a brand new episode in a couple weeks, guys. Um, provided nothing catastrophic happens between now and then. Um, Taylor, what are we going to be watching? Uh, we're going to be watching the brand new Scream, which is the fifth in the series, but it's for some reason called Scream. That reboot action is it's a re, but it's yeah, I guess it's a, a, it's an actual reboot and not what they normally call a reboot. Yep. Uh, and we're also going to be watching The Last Thing Mary Saw. 
Yep, 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 yep. So look out for that, guys. Big, exciting things coming your way. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I mean, you've probably been listening to us long enough to know that's a bluff, but... (laughs) You think I'm nothing? (laughs) All right. Well, uh, in your downtime, Taylor, where can people go? They can go to graveplotpodcast.com. You can listen to all of our old episodes. Like Some some podcasts are like, nope, we're going to cut you off. Not us. You listen to that fucking whatever you want. Except the first one. Don't listen to that. Don't. I mean, you can. Not saying you should. Just, you probably shouldn't. But you can. <laughs> uh, you can also check us out wherever you listen to your podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe, especially on iTunes and Spotify. It's a thing you can do on Spotify now, I hey. found out. But only on your phone. What? Only on your phone. You can't go to Spotify.com and rate, but you can rate podcasts on your phone. Uh, but it also makes you listen to it first. <laughs> like you can't just rate it. I mean, that's fine. I tried, and it was like, don't you want to listen to some episodes first? And I'm like, no, I've recorded the fucking things. <laughs> Five <laughs> I stars. I know what it sounds like, goddammit. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook and Instagram as Grave Plot Podcast, or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot, and of course, patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast for exclusive content, and graveplotfilmfest.com for Grave Plot Film Fest 2022 news. Yeah, keep your ear to the ground on that one, because that could change at any moment. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, until we speak again, uh, keep it fresh as well as fly. Yep, that's what we say. That's our that's our signature sign off. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, until next time, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Gray Flat Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. My home's way up to the north, they say, where the hunter may die all alone. Red men have told a legend so old of death, whose sound is a moan. I fly where the forest meets the sky. I race the northern wind where I go. My feet are on fire as I run and I cry. My name is Wendigo. Where I walk are the prints of my feet. They burn through the ice and the snow. The hunter who sees looks above in the trees. It's the mark of the Wendigo. I fly where the forest meets the sky. Race the northern wind where I go. My feet are on 